this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Hello and welcome to episode 50-something, 57? I'll take Yesterday it. Yesterday was 55, 56 is scheduled, so this will be, I don't know, we're ahead of schedule now, we're banking episodes, <laughs> we're being too productive. <laughs> uh, but I don't think anything we say will be outdated by the time we watch it. I, I'm Sean, welcome to So Do We Still Like This, I am joined here today by... Uh, Jordan. And... Wads. Uh, I don't think we got this on mic. But when we did Wild America like a couple months ago, we were packing it up and I've casually referenced like, oh, I, I want to do Die Hard. And Jordan was like, I've never seen Die Hard. <laughs> and that's unacceptable. Uh, just Agreed. So here we are <laughs> to talk about 1980-somethings. 88? 88's Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis. Yeah. The one and only. Uh, best known for his jazz and blues album, Return of Bruno. He does also make movies. Have you guys what? heard the Bruce Willis album? No. no. Oh like he God. sings? Yeah. He no. has a blues album yeah. called The Return of Bruno. Bruno is his blues persona, I think. <laughs> I had the cassette. No. Even better, I had a copied cassette with a photocopy of the album cover that my brother made me. And was it good? Better than you'd expect. <laughs> so I'm assuming that was before Die Hard. Uh, that is a very good question. Let's see. So if Die Hard was 88, let's look up The Return of Bruno. I feel like he has a past before. Like the Return of Bruno was in '87. See, so oh. clearly the makers of Die Hard heard that and went, "I don't think we even need to look for anyone anymore." <laughs> he even was into comedy apparently before. He was like mostly in comedies, and I did not know that because you know I didn't don't really remember any of his older movies before Die Hard. But he was in there wasn't was it many Moon Moonlighting or is it like was it a show? Yes, it was a show called Moonlighting. There was and, uh, Moonlighting with. Uh, yeah. Murphy Brown, I forget, or Candace Bergen. And then he did like Blind Date and yeah, a couple other pretty lighthearted comedies. And uh, when it came time to cast this, there was pushback. Because people. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Which is weird to think about now. They're like, this is not an action star. This is a dude who does comedies. We did the, He is not the guy who should be in this. <laughs> Where's the other choices? Do you know that? I can probably find out. Um, probably should have found out before <laughs> we came in here. I, But. Um, I love how he references like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie yeah. and Rambo. <clears throat> See, to me, like Rambo and this movie, like it feels like they came out at the same time, but I guess not. Um, I mean, Rambo is probably around this time. Here we go. These are all of the people who were considered, <laughs> uh, and it says they declined, but we—I don't know for sure if they all declined it. But we know at least every, all of these people were up for the up for it. Richard Gere. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting <laughs> choice. Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. That makes okay. Yeah. I see that. Harrison Ford. That, that makes good, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah. That would have made sense then because that would have been like Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. era. So, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been good. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Man, I guess he's still making movies. So yeah, he still would have been like sixty something at the time That's though. True, so. Yeah. <laughs> he would have had to have been a retired cop, I guess. They would have just thrown in one line about, like, oh, I'm retired now. 
<laughs> I'm too old for this. Yeah, I'm off the beat. <laughs> oh no, Die Hard's happening. When you mentioned the guy, to the guy, so you're flat footed. He's like, I'm like, what are you talking about? If you walked over that broken glass, Clint Eastwood would just fucking die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he would just bleed out and uh... die. Which would be a pretty somber ending to Die Hard if it was just him on the floor, bleeding out of his feet, going, "I'm so sorry, Body Bedelia." What's his wife's character's name? Johnny. Uh, Johnny. Johnny. He's not uh, Holly. <laughs> Holly. Holly Darrow. Holly. Holly yeah, yeah, Holly. I'm so sorry, Holly. Credits. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful. And we wouldn't have had Hands like up on his Die Hard two to what are we at now? Five. For There's six. five, and I'm hoping we do an episode for each and every one, except maybe the fifth. Uh, Charles Bronson. Charles who Bronson. I think was is he still alive? If he is, he or if he's not, that was probably pretty close to when he died. Who's that? Which one was that? Charles Bronson is like Death Wish. Yeah, he was Oh right, okay, gotcha. He died in uh, two thousand three at the age of eighty one, so when Die Hard came out he was yeah, late sixties. Mid to late sixties. Hmm. Uh Don Johnson. Oh Don Johnson. He was what, Magnum PI? I think oh, I don't know. Now you're Miami Vice. He was Miami Vice, I think. Uh, and then Richard Dean Anderson and Michael Madsen. So <laughs> there's a Could lot. Mix, yeah, yeah. Hmm. there's a lot of potential there for Die Hard to have been a not memorable Richard Dean Anderson <laughs> movie. But they got Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, and off. Let's <laughs> start there. Uh, okay. Well, actually, first, Wads, you've seen this movie before, I assume. I have multiple times. Yeah, me too. This is like one of my favorite movies, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it multiple multiple times for a reason, which we'll be, we will be discussing by yes. the end of this. Right. Uh, <laughs> of course, Jordan has not. It's my first so time. My first question to you is: What did you think about Bruce Willis? I mean, it was good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the oh, best gee. movie, obviously, but I feel like it's just because. Obviously, but because I feel like one of my favorites. <laughs> I feel it's like the fucking best movie. I feel like it was like kind of a backbone for action movies. They all kind of like expand it from there. And yeah. So it's like going back and like seeing the, the first like you know drawing or whatever. Like, okay, that's cool. But yeah. Look how better it's gotten. You know. Has it gotten better though? Because you're right, and that this movie gave birth to the um, the trope of referring to movies as Die Hard on a this. Right. Like Under Siege is Die Hard on a boat. Exactly. Like any action movie in a singular location is still to this day it's Die Hard. Like, except Skyscraper starring The Rock was Die Hard in a building. <laughs> like, uh, that's just Die Hard I kept again. seeing people say it's Die Hard in a building. I think it was used like that because it, I felt that it touches on every single thing you can have in an action movie. It was like almost like they had a checklist. Like, okay, we need this, we need this, we need, you know, even like the, the you know, I'm not going to jump to the end scene, but, you know, like when you think it's all over, but it's not. Like, I feel like they yeah. had every, you know, thing kind of covered, and that's why now. Or did they invent that checklist? That's true. That's, that's something is in the Die Hard checklist. Exactly, yeah. Because I'm coming at it kind of after seeing all the movies after Die Hard. Yeah. And I'm going back, and it kind of feels like in my mind, it's chronological. So Die Hard was the last one even though it was kind of the first one. Yeah. So it's just like a weird psycholo- psychological, I guess, experiment here where it seems like it's it was outplayed so much, but is that because they put everything Die Hard yeah. started it? Exactly. It's similar yeah. to when Melissa and I did... Uh, oh. Nope. Yeah, that's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> when we did The Exorcist uh, a few weeks back where we were saying, obviously we see why it's a classic, but removed from it 40 years later and mm-hmm. having seen all the movies that have come out since it just doesn't hit as hard for sure yeah and it seemed very gory for the 80s is that regular 80s movies oh i'd say that's pretty standard it's pretty standard because yeah. like the whole thing was just blood 
he shot at some guy's kneecaps. I was like, man, yeah. that was rough. Was like, the gunfight scenes were just like, there was just like, there's a lot of them. But they also felt fake sometimes. Really? It felt like I was watching a Bollywood movie. Really? <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a reference point. Yeah. Because all the bullets. I don't know if it's like the sound like of the bullets because, you know, back then it just wasn't as good. But now that I look at it, it's like, I don't know, I can't do that sound again. But it was like, <laughs> but you, it, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like fake. Pew, pew, like that? Like pew pew? Are you talking about the fight scenes with like, the punch and it was like, pew. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it, <laughs> oh, man, I love good movie punch <laughs> sounds. <Classic. laughs> Great. <laughs> love it. I really like Bruce Willis in this movie because yeah. I feel like he's, oh, do- it's, it's great. he's doing something different. Whereas I feel like if you put a Schwarzenegger or a, or a, what, who else, like a Stallone, they're, they're going to own the situation. Like they're going to dive in head first and go, I'm going to take care of this. Whereas Bruce Willis spends this entire movie going, this sucks. <laughs> That's true. And hiding. Too, yeah. Like, I nice, don't yeah. want to do this. He spends it. He spends it talking to himself. John, what did you get yourself yeah. into? Uh, <laughs> and like, I love all that stuff. One of the best parts of that movie is when he just pauses for a moment and does the, come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. laughs. Yeah, the jokes were pretty good. Uh, like, all funny. of that stuff. And yeah, like constantly telling himself like, what the fuck are you doing, John? Don't fucking do this. I love, and there's all of the weird one-liners. The yes. one that stands out for me is that he's fighting a guy and says, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking cook you. And I'm going to fucking eat you. Which sadly he does not go on to do. That we know of. We didn't see the <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's so it's true. possible. The sequel doesn't get into that. Because I'm a big fan when an action hero makes a threat like that and then delivers. <laughs> like eats the guy. Have you guys ever seen Drive Angry starring Nicolas Cage? Never. No, I don't so, think so. It's a movie where he escapes from hell to save his daughter from a cult. And he keeps <laughs> saying that he's going to drink wine out of the villain's skull. Right. At the end of the movie, after he has killed the villain, he is sitting on the hood of his car drinking wine <laughs> out of the villain's skull. Never heard of that movie. It's is it a newer it's, one? It's like the last few years before okay, he was like when he was sort of not all the way on the decline. But there's another one that's like directed DVD martial arts movie where he says he's going to rip the guy's heart out and eat it, and then does. Oh man! Uh, or at least takes a bite. <laughs> Jack Reacher, he's like, I'm going to break your arms and I'm going to break your legs. And he does. That happens. So, That's yeah. true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and like... He, he's got some good one-liners. Yeah, like, like, that was the one that stood out. Yeah. I know there's a couple other good ones, but... Yeah, he's got like the two that I, like kind of stood out for me. He's like, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Or the other one is uh, Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah, which is that's like, like, I think that's the like the famous line. The, yeah, I know the, that one without actually yeah. <laughs> watching the movie. Or, so. um... When he calls nine one one and for some reason they think it's fake, it's like, this so is for funny. emergencies only. It's like no fucking shit, lady. Like, Does it sound like a mortar and a pizza? Yeah, the subtitles cut out the fucking. It's like oh, the sub, the, the hard of hearing are not getting as good of a line. It's funny because they hear all the gunshot and they're like, you know what? Maybe maybe yeah. he's telling the truth. Yeah. Maybe we'll send one patrol. All right, we'll send this one desk cop over to check it out. Yeah, why was he a desk cop? He was outside. He shot a kid. Yeah, yeah but, but why was he outside? Getting his Twinkies. Getting his Twinkies. <laughs> he just drove from the he was either from the station home or get going the to his shift. <laughs> I guess why didn't fair. he just buy them in bulk yeah, at a no. grocery store? I guess Christmas Eve maybe was closed. Yeah. And how how rude is 
all the service people in this movie. The f- the first front door reception guy, Bruce Willis comes in. He's like, "Oh, where's Holly's house?" He's like, "Use the machine." Like, what do you think I'm here for? Tell yeah. you where the guys. The, the, Which the actually, I, no, sorry. I like that bit because <laughs> it's a good show and not tell moment where we, as an audience, learn that she, uh, his estranged wife, has no, gone back sure, to yeah. her maiden name without having a heavy-handed moment where they have to talk about it. She's like, "Oh, I'm going by Gennaro now." Yeah, I was like, no, "Oh, you, sure. what?" Yeah. I guess. <laughs> It was yeah, visual sure. information. It was that was. I feel like that was the only purpose because after mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, like 30th floor," he's like, "Oh, actually, those are the only people left in the building." Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah, okay, because, yeah, I, guess he, it before? I guess he could have just told them she's probably <laughs> where the only people in this entire building. Are. Yeah, I was like, "Who is this guy?" Someone Thanks, dude. Retrain this guy, and then the convenience store owner too. He's like making fun of the guy for buying Twinkies. Yeah. Like, he's buying your product. Let him buy it in and peace. And those Twinkies are convenience store price Twinkies. So exactly. Each one of those two packs is probably a dollar. <laughs> yeah, very true. So I thought that was interesting. All the service people were definitely very rude in the movie. There were a lot of, as I, as I, as I wrote here, dick bags. That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. From the chief of police to that Ellis co-worker guy to the anchor oh guy. There were so many just like... Yeah, yeah. Everyone in this movie is garbage, <laughs> except John McClane, Sergeant Powell, and his wife, and um, true, yeah. uh, Argyle. Yeah, Argyle so, just spends Argyle. the whole movie Argyle, chilling Argyle, in a limo. I, I, like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was pretty happy with Argyle. I was part, like, kind of takes a leap of faith. I, I guess I accept that we're gonna leap around. So Argyle is the limo driver who drives John from the airport to the building and says, "I'm gonna wait for you, <laughs> and if things go well with your wife, I'll leave. But if not, I'll take you to a hotel." So he just spends the whole movie hanging out in this garage, and then he kind of gets wind that, uh uh-oh, the situation's bad, and he sees a dude (laughs) lurking around and just is like, I'm going to take a chance and kill this guy. A paramedic, in a paramedic uniform. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to take a chance and ram this guy. He just rolled the dice, and it worked out. Because I guess he doesn't kill him. He, like, smashes his limo into the car and could have killed him. And then he punches him out. And then he punches him out. But that's a pretty big leap, because that could have gone wrong, like, that was one of the guys here to help. <laughs> Why did what? That's murder now. Yeah, he was just drinking some beer or like drinking some scotch in the back of his limo with like Talking a teddy bear, just having a good time. That was definitely the best character for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in this movie sucks pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so I guess we talked about the hero and how I really like Bruce Willis and kind of the the reluctant the reluctant hero is is a nice change of pace, but also. I think it was you who just mentioned that he spends a lot of the movie, yeah, running away and hiding. Which you don't see, because now there's all these stories that come out about the Fast and Furious franchise and how there's all these debates that none of them want to lose fights. Like, none of them want to be on camera losing fights. And they had to work down percentages of how many hits each one of them can land because no one wants to look like the loser of a fight. Wow. Which is just kind of a bummer. (laughs) That is a bummer, yeah. So to see a movie like this where John McClane spends most of the movie just getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And... Like barely scraping by, but he was he was picking them one at a time, right? Yeah, was like he's going about it smart. He's like you know getting one two at a time and not getting himself killed. Yeah, that was another good exchange <laughs> when the guy's like, "Next time you have a chance to kill somebody, do it." And then he immediately kills him and goes, "Thanks for the advice." <laughs> Shoots him in like the leg Shoots too. Him in the like legs and stomach. oh man, that was a rough some rough deaths. In yeah. This. So on the subject of everyone sucks, the main <laughs> villain is deservedly I think considered one of the best not just action movie villains but just villains of all time So uh, Hans Gruber played by the late Alan Rickman uh, a big complaint about all movies now is that there's just lack of a good villain mm-hmm. like people love the Marvel movies but pretty consistently it's like yeah they, they're not good at villains they did Thanos and everyone else is like yeah it's, once again it's a weak villain yeah I think the one thing with this because he was very smart and methodical 
but then he murdered a guy pretty much right away. You're yeah. like, oh, screw this guy. Exactly. Like, he delivers immediately on threats, so mm-hmm. you know, okay, he's not... He gives the head of the company to the count of three to unlock this safe. And at the count of three, he shoots him in the head. It's like, whoa. So, and that's one of his first scenes. So you immediately know, okay, this is a guy not... But he's not just a one-dimensional sociopath. He's very refined. He's very... He's got a master plan. Yeah, he's got a master plan. He's accounted for... He's clearly been planning this for a while. He's accounted for every possible angle except for John McClane. But even then, he remains very level-headed, and it's kind of fun to watch this guy unravel. At first, he's like, I don't give a shit about this cop. I can handle this. So it's fun to watch this calm, collected uh, German. He's he's a German dude. Yeah, so so they're mostly German. Like, there's a couple of Europeans in there. Yeah, Yeah, become unraveled throughout the movie they have a really good scene together where they encounter each other but they've never seen each other's well i guess he knows it's the cop because he's running around the building but john you're not sure if he knows it's hans gruber so that's a really good scene where gruber is like gives him a fake name and you see john kind of look at the staff directory and verify okay yeah that's that name is on the the list and that's oh but how do you know because it said the wrong floor because it said 29 floor i was thinking the same thing how do you know it wasn't him that it, oh, because he gives him a gun and he, he yeah, gives him, he gives him a gun he, with no ammo to but test But why would he him. do that, though? Oh, to I test, think to test him. Him. I think it was so, a test. Yeah. I think he was, like, not right. 100% sure, but mm. because he changed his accent, too, like, right? He went to, like... His English. Texas accent's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a German dude doing a bad Texas accent. Speaking of accents, did you know that half the German, um, like, bad guys were actually not talking German because they had poor German? So it was gibberish, which really? I kind of caught because really? like, I've, like, heard German before and, like, this was not it. Right. Um, and then I looked it up and it was apparently gibberish most That's of the funny. time. Did not know that, yeah. <laughs> that kind of makes sense because I feel like when we were watching it on Blu-ray that the German stuff wasn't subtitled hmm. because I kept asking yeah. my wife because she's from Poland and apparently I was like, you must know German. <laughs> it's close enough. I was like, what did they just say? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my uh, copy did not have subtitles for the German parts. But yeah, I, I kind of assumed mine, was. So, but... yeah, I think maybe that's probably why because <laughs> yeah. someone, someone doing the subtitles went, this isn't a real language. <laughs> what the hell did we do? One time we can't subtitle yeah. this. We'll look like idiots. One time it even said French subtitle. I'm like, wait, what now? <laughs> wait a second. Man, I love because we watch subtitles movies uh, all the time because we're always, you know, trying to be quiet because the kids are asleep. Man, some of the subtitled stuff is so good. Like, jaunty music plays. Like, oh, this is, yeah, I guess this is pretty jaunty. <laughs> For the record, uh, the top rated quote from this movie is indeed, come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. And the second is, no fucking shit, lady. Doesn't sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> so, like pretty much all the ones we said, which is pretty great. But yeah, uh, I think he is deservedly one of the best known as, and it, you know, it helps that it's Alan Rickman. Yeah, and it, it, I guess this is kind of like The Simpsons. Who's the guy from The Simpsons? That's it's like the action movies, like a similar kind of concept. Oh, is it based Rainier on Die Hard? Is, is that? I think he's just Arnold, just something completely different. And I thought there would be more event scenes in this movie because the one, I guess, thing I know from the movie is, you know, he's in the vent. Yeah. <laughs> but there was only like one scene where he's in a vent. That's what he says the line. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. That's the one where the bad guy's like poking his gun along right. the vent and he has to be all still because oh, yeah. he's going to poke me and then, oh, it's okay. He gets called away. That's the guy who says, I'm going to cook and eat you. <laughs> Which is the guy's brother, and he makes it personal. It's like, your brother made the same noise when I was killing him. You're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. You're like, buddy. Oh, that's that a was a rough. really good line, too. <laughs> that's a little rough, man. I uh, wonder if that line is in, in, <laughs> in the list of quotes. You should have heard your brother squeal when I broke his fucking neck. <laughs> Jeez. So that was a little rough yeah. for me. 
for an 80s movie, but... Uh, There's some really good ones in the other movies, too. So, uh, yeah, so back to how everyone sucks. Yeah. I would... If you had the rank across all movies, the most punchable faces, <laughs> Ellis is right at the top, right? Like, from moment one. So Ellis is yep. this shithead, yuppie, cokehead who works with Holly. And from moment one, it's just being a dick to John... Um, well, hitting on like like hitting like on um, Holly to start with, right? That was like the first yeah. scene. Yeah, and it's like show him, show him the watch you got, <laughs> show it to him. Like, oh my god! <laughs> like, whoa, with buddy. this fucking punch smile, and then his whole master plan is that he goes to Hans and tries to sell out John because he is it gonna. I don't is know. You so know he'll let was, go? Yeah, I don't know. Did he want to cut? I was so confused. At no, I point. think he was just trying to be like the hero. Right. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just freeing everybody by saying that he knew John. And John's like, no, don't say that. You know, yeah. that's stupid. They're going to kill you. And he didn't get it, obviously. Yeah. And then they shoot Ellis in the face. And everyone was like, good. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about Everyone right. watching goes, I'm okay with this. <laughs> and then everyone outside, like the, the chief of police or whoever is rolling on the scene and the two FBI agents, Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson, <laughs> one of them... They're, they're gonna the whole plan is that Hans is gonna take all the hostages up to the roof and his plan is to then blow up the roof uh, and make it look like everyone was killed in this explosion so that they can get away with all this money because that's the other big reveal is they're not they put on this front that they're taking hostages to free all these political prisoners and at one point Hans just reveals like I have no idea any of the companies or any of the groups I'm saying are <laughs> I just read it in the newspaper yeah uh <laughs> So the FBI people are flying over to the roof to shoot down the bad guys, and they say, what's the expected hostage casualties? And, like, 20 to 25%. Like, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, okay. And then they die, so that's okay. Yeah. They get blown up in the explosion. Yeah, just like another another part, when the deputy police first gets to the scene, and he's talking to... Uh, uh, the Al, Al, Al guy? Yeah. And he's like, he's like... He's like, how do you know there's there's terrorists in there? Maybe it was just the guy shooting you. And he's like, what do you what do you mean? Like, what, I'm not lying here. And he's like, I think you are. We did investigate yeah. this more. He's like, what about the body that fell in my car? He's like, oh, don't like, don't worry about that. That's, yeah, that's he was probably nothing. just some depressed <laughs> stockbroker. He's <laughs> like, why why you is guys this guy are, debating? You guys are all so bad at your jobs. <laughs> why is this desk cop? Oh yeah, yeah. Thought it was so, a depressed. Like easily the <laughs> most qualified person here. And the FBI just shows up and in, in their in their classic manner, you know. Who's in charge? Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Such a classic. Uh, but it's funny how Al, like, throughout the whole movie, he's just sitting there talking to John, just, like, casually, you know? Just chilling, yeah. <laughs> uh, that made me want to look up another exchange from this movie, which is, um, I got 100 people down here, and they're covered in glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> this is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robson, and I'm in charge of the situation. Oh, you're in charge. Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. <laughs> you listen to me, you little asshole. I'm asshole. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV, Dwayne. Now you listen to or me, Dwayne. jerk off. <laughs> if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. Quit being a part of the fucking problem. Put the other guy back on. Wow. Classic. So good. Classic. Because especially at a time where Arnold and was known for quick, silly, cheesy one-liners. Yeah. Which there are some in this movie, but I think it's just nice to have that. Yeah, it's a well Like just line. a frustrated, mm. exasperated <laughs> dude. It's like, I'm not, just, I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's a waste of my time. Over here killing uh, terrorists. And it's a very satisfying moment where they meet at the end. Yes, and they immediately knew who each other was because, yeah. you know, the cops. 
the cop, whatever, I guess. I should also, Six cents. I should also consult my notes because I feel like I'm probably for... <laughs> Rob's text just arrived now. <laughs> the one saying he'll be a minute late a half hour ago. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. For reasons we won't disclose, he's not either, He's not on the episode. As fun as it would be to also have him speak <laughs> right there. Uh, I watched this a little while ago, so I watched it yesterday night. Same, yeah. Which was which was nice. So it's fresh. But uh, yeah, so he was so he was accidentally invited to the Christmas party, and that's how he got there. No, she invited him, but she didn't know if he was going to show up. Right. So the whole thing with. Uh, McLean and his wife is that she moved uh, to work at this Nakatomi Plaza and he stayed in New York to be a cop and kind of figured this isn't going to work out and she'll come back and so they haven't seen each other in a while she's relocated over there he's still back in New York so he's flying out for Christmas to at least go to this party and then see how things go but I think yeah it kind of makes it seem like she had no idea if he was actually going to come um most of the notes I have are things we covered. <laughs> I wrote, immediately makes the hero afraid of flying, <laughs> which kind of goes back to the, he runs away a lot and hides. Mm-hmm. This whole, a lot of his bad situation is that dude's fault from the plane because he's afraid of flying and the guy sitting next to him says, to calm, or is it to calm down? He says, the trick to flying is when you get back yeah. to take off your socks and shoes and make fists with your toes on the carpet yeah. oh right is it to calm you down after the flight because you're already Ye- back so how does that help uh, i don't know because he does it and agrees with the guy that it works like yeah. at one point he's making fists with his toes and he's like holy shit and then that's when the terrorists <laughs> happen so he's barefoot the <laughs> entire true, yeah. movie so a good post-credit scene would be if he just showed up at that guy's door and punched him in the face <laughs> I just love the random, like, nudity, too. They pull that girl in the room. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, top, yeah. And then the I, random, like, pictures of girls topless on the top of the skyscraper. Like, which right. Bruce Willis pauses <laughs> to just touch. In the middle of running away from dudes trying to kill him, he passes by this, like, Playboy cutout that's sticking to a wall and just goes, ladies. I feel like they, they, the movie was already R-rated with everything else. They're like, eh, why not throw it? Oh, yeah, it is really R-rated. Which, another thing, do we get R-rated action movies really anymore? I don't know. Wasn't Deadpool the last one? Is that? A, I guess that's not an action movie. I mean, it's an action movie, but right. I think it, it would be a comic book movie. Yeah, I don't first know. First and good, foremost, that's a good question. I don't know. I heard the new Terminator is rated R. Really? The John, last few John Wick. John Wick. There you go. John Wick, Actually, John that's Wick, a yeah. super yeah. good example. Yeah, that's John Wick. Which is the anti-diehard because John Wick is the most capable <laughs> motherfucker on the planet. He's going to come for them. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to hide. Never runs, <laughs> never hides, just looks around and goes, horses, I can murder people with these. <laughs> Have you seen the new John Wick? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. I only saw number one. But, uh, but <laughs> only saw number one, but it's good. It's good. Yeah, we talked about doing John Wick on here, but then we're like, eh, it's probably too new because Rob's never seen John Wick, but then seems mm. to have no interest in John Wick because really? Rob doesn't you know like what? movies. Or having a good time. <laughs> classic Rob. Cla- cla- classic, classic Rob. Rob. <laughs> Just hating good times. <laughs> but uh, but no, we were talking about punchable faces the other day. The yes. most punchable face would be Joffrey, King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yes. That's got to be number that's one a, for me. Yeah, that's definitely... Because uh, one of the big ones, too, is the uh, Peck from Ghostbusters, who is in this movie right, as right. an almost worse character. <laughs> So for anyone who probably Ghostbusters Peck is the like city dude who barges into the headquarters and tells them to shut off the device containing the ghosts and then fucks up everything in the <laughs> finale. The uh, this man has no dick guy. 
<laughs> and then in Die Hard, he's a reporter who f- finds out that Holly and John are married. Yeah. And goes to their house <laughs> to talk to their children and gets in the house by telling first the, I'm not sure what uh, nationality she is, but the nanny that he's going to like basically get her deported yeah. if he doesn't mm-hmm. let her in. And then gets the kids to say a message under the guise of, this is going to be the last <laughs> chance you'll ever get to talk to your parents. Go to scumbag. <laughs> and then that is televised, and then that Hans coincidentally sees that, connects that, I saw a picture of you and your husband in the other room. Now I've seen that that's what he looks like. Oh, my God. You're a, you're my hostage now. Here's what's weird, though. He was sitting at her desk because he looked he at the picture behind her, but that desk was, like, in the... Yeah, no, I think he went in her office, and that's where he was sitting. That yeah. Was that, yeah. Yeah, I think because that's where he took Ellis before he shoots Ellis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wad's your choice for most punchable face? <laughs> From the movie? In any movie ever. Oh, God, there's so many people. I don't know. I mean, should we just should we hit the internet and just Google? <laughs> we should. But most and then I'll tell punchable you face. But I hear the guy who played Joffrey is like super nice, and he okay. quit acting too, is what I hear. So. Oh, did he? So I, he just a great actor. That's okay. Just, uh, see, this isn't fair because this is all political stuff. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. So most punchable faces in movies. Ooh, number one on this site is a very good pick. Shooter McGavin from Shooter Happy McGavin. <laughs> also, probably. Yeah. No joke. One of the best villains in cinematic history. That's, that's a good point. That yeah. is. Have you guys seen Abby Gilmore? Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that was. Like yeah, that guy's a, such a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, okay. One more. One more click to see. Uh, and also, everyone at home, because I'm always trying to get people to write into the damn show. Although, then I never check email, and sometimes people email, and I don't read it because I just assume no one's emailing. Email us at likethispodcast at gmail and tell us who has the most punchable face. In movies, uh, Joey from 10 Things I Hate About You is on this list, a movie we've actually covered. Percy from The Green Mile, Ellis, oh, Percy. Die Hard, Cypher, The Matrix, Gus Polinski from Home Alone. That seems mean. Gus Polinski? Oh, that's, the kid? Which one's Gus? No, oh, no, that's uh, John Candy, the Polka King, who gives her a ride back home. Oh. He's what? Why would he be a punchable face? No, he's the most lovable man ever. He saves the day. Yeah, screw you, internet. Never liked you. (laughs) Well, okay, this list might just be dumb because Wilson from Castaway is on it. That one's pretty good, though. the record, guys, is the volleyball. (laughs) That's pretty pretty accurate, the volleyball. All right, okay. Well, now we're going to go way off topic. (laughs) Between just us in this room. Right. Did you cry when Wilson floated away in Castaway? 100%. Wads? A little. Okay. Yeah, me <laughs> 100%. too. 100%. That was, that was, that was, I mean, I was like, was all, yeah. That was a real person in his mind, you know? And that's what yeah, kept him alive. Yeah, that's all that he had it's this he whole had. time. Yeah, give Tom Hanks a break. Castaway. Uh, anyway, that's a good movie, too. You should do one about I'm that. I haven't seen We should do one about yeah. Castaway. I have not. I don't remember two things. Wilson floats away, <laughs> and he has to do this really gross dental surgery on himself. Yes, and he passes out. Uh, what happened to Bruce Willis, guys? He lost a lot of hair. He lost a lot was, of hair. It was a weird scene with hair. Why doesn't he want to make good movies anymore? Or if he does <laughs> get a chance to, why is he not good in them? Because yeah. I think we all agree, he's really good in this movie. Like That's true, got, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not monstrously in shape like a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger he's like fit and he's believable as an everyman he's I think he's supposed to be kind of the audience 
stand-in of what you know. This is what you'd be like in this situation. Except no, it's not because I would be <laughs> dead at confrontation one, <laughs> day one. Yeah, like I would emerge from the bathroom, and be like, "What's going on?" Oh no, <laughs> done. Or just like maybe it's just faster if I go be a hostage. Plus, he he brought his gun too. I yes. feel like regular people unless you're a cop yeah. or every other that's funny in the plane like that first scene when like he goes up to get his bag and then his gun is showing and, and the guy's like oh it's a gun it's like it was so normal back yeah. then yeah. another <laughs> good visual too good to point, be like yeah. now we know he has a gun <laughs> yeah absolutely um, uh, yeah Bruce Willis really fell hard what has he been making what is he in these days because I don't know Lo- Looper wasn't bad Looper I feel like was his last when was Looper Looper was like 2012 <laughs> yeah. probably Red, Red's been a good one I don't red know if was, you've seen Red. But Red was Retired around that same time, dangerous. I feel like, too. Because he's made two of those, I think. and uh, I never saw I, the second I, one. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, but. Looper is good, and he is very good in Looper. And I feel like after that, he just gave up. Like, let's take a quick look at the Bruce Willis filmography. Because I remember he did a remake of Death Wish. <laughs> really? The Charles Bronson movie. Right. Last year. And it was a big deal because it went to theaters. And <laughs> people were like, wow, Bruce Willis gets to be in a movie that went to wow. theaters. What about Glass? Did anyone see Glass? Is that good? Uh, I didn't really like it, no. Oh, yeah. I found it oddly boring. Really? Unbreakable is such a good movie. You seen Unbreakable? Which one is Unbreakable that? is great. It's uh, M. Night Shyamalan. It's about, it's kind of like if a superhero was actually like, alive in like, a real world. Yeah, it's a superhero it's really origin story, but yeah. it's very slow-paced and methodically drawn. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a good 2012, Moonrise Kingdom, The Expendables 2, and Looper. Oh, yeah, expendable oh, nice. season yeah. that. He yeah. had an okay 2013 and that at least these movies got released with A Good Day to Die Hard, G.I. <laughs> Joe Retaliation, <laughs> and Red 2. Mm-hmm. Then 2014, it all goes to shit with The <laughs> Prince, Vice, Extraction, all of which... Oh, no, some of those are 2015. Extraction, Precious Cargo, Marauders. Keeping in mind, all of these are just direct-to-DVD nonsense. Oh, no. That's why they don't ring a bell. Once Upon a Time in Venice, First Kill, Acts of Violence. <laughs> oh, then man. he gets to go back in theaters with Death Wish. Then he does Reprisal and Airstrike, both the d- DVD. Then he gets Glass. What's his deal? I don't know. <laughs> That's it, deal? right? <laughs> what happened? He was in Pulp Fiction, you know? He was. That's crazy. With John Travolta, who also makes direct-to-DVD nonsense now. He's in a movie directed by Fred Durst, <laughs> the frontman for Limp Biscuit. And I'm wow. going to watch it. <laughs> I wanted to watch it this Good. weekend, guys, and I just didn't have time. I feel like he's waiting for the next Die Hard or Expendables. Like, he's at that point where he's like, yeah, let's see, like, which one's going to, you know. Which is age these days? Is he fairly old? Uh, Bruce Willis is. Still pretty young? He was born in 55. So, so he's, he's like mid-60s almost. Yeah. He's going to Clint Eastwood territory. Yeah, I feel like that's what he has to do. He has to make a, 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 a new aging and action star. Exactly. He's, he's unforgiven. Exactly. But he doesn't have any hair to grow, to, to you know, have <laughs> that white hair. So. so bald. It's crazy to see him with hair in this movie. Yeah, it was odd. I was like, oh man, look at him. Young. And what's up with the like the undershirts? Do people wear those back in the 80s? Like, what's the point of having one of those? That you wear it underneath your t-shirt? I feel like they, they wore still them sell in the, them. Yeah. Like, what do you wear them for? Oddly enough, they were talking about this on the radio the other day. Because really? one of them casually referenced them as wife beaters. Yeah. And then someone else said, I feel like you can't call them at that <laughs> anymore. And they had this conversation about what did we call them and or what do we call them and how it's kind of crazy that the universally accepted term <laughs> for white shirts with no sleeves uh, was wife beaters. That's true, yeah. <laughs> it's rough, but... 
That's how article I know. of clothing associated <laughs> with the beating but, of your significant other. But why would you wear them though? I feel like an undershirt you wear it like you know high to show like, off the guns, I guess. But like you would wear that undershirt usually, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so like, but it's simply because they used to wear like button-up shirts, but not button them up. Yeah. But why don't you just wear an undershirt though? Like with well, sleeves. You take your shirt off and then you have a night night shirt underneath. <laughs> so where to I was confused because I feel like an undershirt is like an extra layer for like sweat to go through. So it helps with like your your yeah, pit stains. But then if there's no sleeves, yeah. but then you exactly. don't look like a badass when you take it off. Exactly. <laughs> That's the whole reason. Just you know, right before bed, you're like, oh yeah, I look like a badass. Yeah, that now. was probably the <laughs> that was original. Worth it. Exactly. That was probably the original <laughs> goal until it became like that guy hits his wife. <laughs> I can tell. If you wear that, other than going to bed, you hit your wife. Yeah, that's exactly. Just, that's just what happens. They're for sleeping or or hitting your wife. And his and his shirt turned completely what brown, I guess, from the blood by the end of the movie. Yeah. So it stood off white, and it was spousal abuse is no laughing matter. That's true. If you feel in danger, call numbers. Uh, email the podcast. And we'll also <laughs> like this podcast. We'll send you com. somewhere. We'll find you help. We'll find you help <laughs> and read the, your story on the air because we need emails. Although we have a couple, but before we get to those, uh, I think we're winding down here I mean obviously I still I, a few years ago I did a ranking of like my favorite movies and Die Hard was in the top 10 and, and we watched it again and Die Hard's still great <laughs> I agree yeah you know I, I, it was okay for me it wasn't like anything super special but I feel like it's become such a cliche over the years that I yeah. just know too much about it and I was like oh yeah okay I know that's happening now and I've seen so much of the things I read about you know how uh Alan Rickman's character, who's Hans, he gets dropped from the building. They actually drop him on number two instead of three, so he's actually, like, scared. Yeah. That was the whole thing. So I knew that was going to happen. So I don't know if I was just so late to the party that I didn't get to enjoy it as much as other people. Yeah. Well, welcome to the yeah, party, I Jordan. Made it. Thanks. And if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Jake Peralta refers, like, to the movie. It's his, like, favorite movie, so yeah. he's always quoting it. Um, so the real question. We all know what the real question is. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, well, first off, are you up for continuing with the Die Hard franchise? Yeah, I'm in. I would like to get this group together, kind of <laughs> like what we're doing with Star Wars, and just keep keep going. Just plugging through. Because I haven't seen two or three in a while either. Four yeah. is pretty new, and five I think we can disregard yeah, three, three, Two, I remember it. Like, is actually, like, I really like it, but three, I don't remember three. I remember three. Well, I remember loving the third one. I can't remember even what the plot was, but I'll get, I won't we'll get, get into to that, that yeah. for Jordan's sake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now I feel like anything. you're getting into yeah. the less iconic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, you pose your question. Was it a Christmas movie? I lean more towards no. <laughs> me, me as well. And here's my thinking. Because, sure, it was around Christmas, but they never brought the parents back to the kids. If they had a, a scene at the very end when Bruce Willis saw his kids, I feel like that would be an all-encompassing Christmas movie. Because, you know, he was estranged, came back. And because Chris was about kids. Let's get real. It's not about parents getting back together. So that's my thing about I'm sure it. sometimes it is. I, <laughs> okay, I'm generalizing. There's a lot of Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies about that. I guess that's fair. But kids are usually involved, more or less. I disagree. You, know? you think it's a Christmas movie? I think it's a oh Christmas movie. He has notes. Okay. One, Rebuttal. because I watch it during Christmas. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. Two, that's I'm pretty, pretty damn sure it's <laughs> Two... Last Christmas I watched seven. Does that make seven a fucking Christmas movie? It was on Christmas Eve. Okay. It was on Christmas Eve. Yeah. There was three people at least were singing and humming Christmas jingles. It does end with a Christmas song. Oh, that, yeah. A it Christmas ends with song that, does play but, over the end But credits. also, pretty sure Hans Gruber at some point sings like one of the Christmas songs. John does it as well. Um, even when he... Uh, when he uh, threw that body into the elevator and the elevator went down it said ho 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 
Um, I'm I don't, a toy of there, that there, figure. <laughs> I love it. There were so many just like it, the whole thing. It was the whole thing was Christmas Christmassy party. kind of thing, and um, everybody was you know in 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 the whole Christmas uh, mood. And I think it's a Christmas movie because what are the Christi- Christmas values though? Because values were like presents, Santa Claus, miracles. Don't I guess murder. There's some miracles. Yeah. Forgiveness, true, yeah. forgiveness between the, the two married people. Don't murder. Yeah, exactly. Don't murder. <laughs> That's always a good Christmas. That's true. Tradition. But just the opposite. It was murder when necessary. Yes, exactly. Right. Murder if deserved. It was a happy ending, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I think when she, the, Alan Rickman's character's fallen, and then one guy's like, "I hope that's not a hostage." <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then that guy gets shot in the face in front of everybody yeah that's that's christmas guy who yeah. Will, or Will Smith, bruce willis <laughs> said he was gonna cook shows back up despite being hung from a chain and then al powell shoots him in the damn head which we know is a huge deal because earlier he said i don't draw my gun anymore because i shot a kid <laughs> i shot a kid that's true and yeah how did that guy get through it anyway second of all there was no snow in the movie you yeah. can't have a Christmas movie without yeah. snow. It starts snowing at snowing. the very end. It was snowing. Isn't it Los when Angeles? When they're driving away and it says, let it snow. No, it was uh, New York. Was, no, he's from New York. California, he's California. It was California because yeah. in the beginning he says, Maybe fucking San California. Yeah. And when a guy kisses oh, him on the cheek. It was LA right now. So, did, did you know that Nakatomi Plaza was actually the 20th Century Fox headquarters? I did not. And they they actually charged themselves to rent it for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really you gotta write off. you got to write it off somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Uh, so there was some weird stuff with the diehard books, apparently. Do you think they needed a Christmas movie for people that don't have, like, kids or don't really want to... I mean, okay. It took place around Christmas. I'll, I'll admit that, because that's a fact. I'm sure the internet has spoken already and can tell Bruce you. Willis has spoken, and he says it is not a Christmas oh. movie. And that's the star of the movie, Wads. It's the star. But it was also at a roast. Oh. So it was all, <laughs> you know, maybe it's both... But here's another thing. This movie opened July 20th. Interesting. Not Christmas time. Uh, I would say let's open it up and email us about this too. There's two subjects you can all email us about at likethispodcast at gmail.com. One, who do you want to punch? <laughs> two, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And if you're getting beaten. Don't forget about that one. And if you're getting beaten. <laughs> and if you think uh, uh, we're not calling wife beaters, if you think those undershirts are still thing. <laughs> and what are they used for? What's the actual what purpose? Their, like? What's their purpose and what do we call them now? <laughs> what do we call them? White shirts? Sleeve, sleeveless? Tanks? Tank tops? Badass undershirts. Badass, <laughs> badass <laughs> bedtime shirts. Uh, okay, we have two emails. Uh, first of all, I am not interested in switching to the new Gmail look, so I've just informed <laughs> it of that. Uh, subject line, Channing Tatum is divorced. From Channing Tatum. Oh, wow. It's he emailed us finally. <laughs> it's from Renee, who says, Hello, Sean, Andrea. I was recently listening to episode 54 on Captain Planet, and you brought up Channing Tatum and how he's married to Jenna Dewan. I will remind you that in our episode on A League of Their Own, we talked about Channing Tatum, and I specifically said that he was icky now that he has divorced his super hot wife and is dating someone younger who looks identical to her. That is all. Aww. I will rebuke that with the reminder that I forget about the content of every episode the moment I have finished <laughs> editing an episode. It is It escapes my mind. I went back the other day, because it's almost October... So we got to plan horror-themed episodes. That's true. So I went back to see what we covered last year because I could not for the life of me remember. And I saw a couple and was like, I have no memory. <laughs> Did this I have happen? no clue what the subject of that could possibly have been. Man, how quick was this 57 episodes, though? It was Flew pretty by. It was pretty fast. Uh, another one from Curtis. Subject line, rising inflection. This is long. <laughs> I might only read some of this. Oof, you guys went after rising inflection pretty hard in the last episode, which we did. Might want to walk that one back. 
Oh, he drops science. Uh, okay, so this linguist a linguist says, when certain linguistic traits are tied to women, they often will be assigned a negative attribute without any actual evidence. Negative associations with the speech pattern in combination with gendered expectations have contributed to an implication that for female speakers to be viewed as authoritative, they ought to sound more like men than women. These implications are perpetuated by various media, including the coverage of politics. Uh, former U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, for example, has voiced her concern that traditionally feminine speech patterns do not allow a female speaker to be taken seriously. Okay, so science says that we shouldn't <laughs> have said those things. Uh, and I'm not one to argue with science. So sorry to the radio station traffic person who I said the rising inflection is a lot to deal with. Uh, I take it back if you were listening. or Which it, we know they are. Well, they probably stop now because I said that's, those things. That's true, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so thank you both, Jordan and Wads, for being here today to talk Die Hard. We will see everyone when we come back for Die Hard <laughs> 2 colon Die Harder, which is the name of that movie, uh, before Disney Plus yanks them off of streaming services that's because true, yeah. I figure that's coming. There, I, I had to actually like subscribe for the trial on Amazon on Prime. Oh, is it on Prime? St- yeah. Star, it's called oh, Stars, Stars or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Jordan, like five ninety nine a month. Jordan, you, you've had it on Crave. On Crave, yeah. Uh, and I own it on Blu-ray. So, <laughs> so I, just, I just watched that. <laughs> I own the whole set, so I'll be fine. Uh, thank you to Tev Sound, of course, for our theme song. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram to learn about all the Blu-rays I'm buying. Uh, there's <laughs> lots. Lots coming. And we will see you all not ever because this is a thing that you listen to unless you went to the live episode, which you guys did. I was there. Thank you for coming out to that. It's good times. Uh, The audio for that is out for anyone who hasn't checked it out. Go listen to our live uh, live in front of a studio audience Saved by the Bell episode. Then go back and listen to all the other episodes because I want my numbers to look good. God damn it. (laughs) 